Hello, Hope Unlock listeners. Did you know I offer coaching? New Wings Coaching empowers women to rise up with new wings in their calling, communication, and connections through coaching, courses, and community. To hear more, please email me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Kurtz, K-U-R-T-Z, at new, N-E-W, wings, W-I-N-G-S, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G dot net, and mention Hope Unlocked to hear more about the discounted rate just for my Hope Unlocked listeners. I also have a Facebook group called Women of Wonder Warriors Arise. Just check out the show notes for the link to access the group, and you can also access the show notes for my email address as well. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Hope Unlocked podcast. I'm Kristen Kurtz, your host. I pray this episode is like a holy IV of hope for your soul. Please help me welcome my sweet friend, Vicki Boone, to the show. I have gotten just the privilege, well, just this last this summer to get to know you better through a retreat that I was at um, uh-huh. with a friend that is a mutual friend that just even the way that they met is incredible. But I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and we'll kind of get into the the meat and the you know goodness of, of your testimony and how the Lord has walked you th- through so much, so much, and the beauty from Ash's story. Like, I'm already going to cry. Like, <laughs> okay, don't, don't start that. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I've heard your story. I heard it at the retreat, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. would you be open to sharing on here? Yeah. Yeah, and it took me, it took me a couple of months to kind of say, okay, you know, maybe I'm ready. But sure, yeah. I would love to yeah. uh, tell a little bit by my, about myself. Um, I currently live in Central Illinois with my husband. We've been married 39, soon to be 40 years. Um, I have three and now four children, which will be explained at a later date, and seven grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spent the bulk of my career um, in elementary education as a special ed teacher, retiring the year of COVID. That was real fun. Um, I missed it so much. I returned part-time to the field um, that next school year. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a, my husband and I have a place in Wisconsin that we love to escape to and every opportunity we can, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that um, my life has been a lot of trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. along the way. And my love for Jesus is what has brought me through those trials. Um, Isaiah 4110 is for sure my Bible verse. It's my verse that's gotten me through countless, countless things. If you're not, for I am with you, be not dismayed. (laughs) Now I'm going to get emotional, for I am your God. Okay. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. So that has definitely been steadfast for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. So that's just a little bit, little, little tidbit about me. And yeah, I mean, if you want me to, I'll just jump right in because you jump right in. Like I, I feel like you've got a lot to share here and I want to make sure that we cover yeah. what he's calling you to share here with, um, the guys okay. who are listening in. Okay. All right. I'm going to jump right into it. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. So when I was 16 years old, I was raped after work walking out to my car. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any recollection of how I got home that evening. I drove myself, but I don't really have any recollection of how I actually got there. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately showered. I went to bed and told my parents I was sick. I stayed in bed for days on end and told my parents I had the flu until my father figured out that something was very wrong and knew that that was not the case. Mm -hmm. I finally told him what had happened and 
Um, I can only imagine as a father looking at his daughter, how devastating that was for him. Um, shortly thereafter, I would say a couple of weeks thereafter, I began with morning sickness. Well, I didn't know it was morning sickness. I thought it was the flu. My mother knew otherwise. And it was at this time she meets the doctor and, um, (laughs) it was determined I was pregnant. Um, I was devastated. I was mad at God. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't understand why this had happened to me. And I should back up a little bit by saying I became a Christian probably about nine months before this happened to me. I grew up in a Christian home. I always went to church with my parents, but, um, you know, believed in God, but, but not until I was 16, did I, you know, accept the Lord and, and want to follow him. So that's kind of a little side note on that. So you can imagine, um, how mad I was at God. Right. that this would, that this would have happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, due to these circumstances, it was abortion was presented to me by the Mm -hmm. physician. And I just want to go on to say that, you know, I, I knew that that was a choice that I, I would not be able to do that. I knew I would not be able to emotionally survive that. However, people listening to this, I want them to know Mm -hmm. that I stand in judgment of no one. This was just for me personally, Mm-hmm. I knew what I could and couldn't do emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that was something I knew I would not be able to survive. Mm-hmm. So my parents and I, along with our pastor, began um, talking about adoption. And, um, you know, back then, you know, I'm 61 years old. Mm-hmm. Back then, I, I just don't think the therapy, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong that the therapy just wasn't around or, or I don't know how to even say that, but like I got, yeah, it just, just, I like that. I got therapy, well, from the pastor, which was honestly a train wreck of a situation because lovely man, but not trained in trauma to be able to talk to me about it. And it was it was honestly kind of disastrous for me that I just simply stopped going. So with that being said too, I know that, you know, I needed, I needed more therapy than what I got. And I'm not blaming anybody for that. Like I said, I just think back then, I'm not so sure that was a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So after talking um, to my pastor and my parents, and we decided that that was the route, you know, that I was going to take, Mm -hmm. we started seeking out options. I, it wasn't an easy decision for me to make, but I also knew at the end of the day, what was a life going to look like for a baby I bring into the world at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So um, we did contact uh, adoption agency and I was homeschooled for the last trimester. And honestly, I was new to the school district. I don't even think anybody knew why I was gone. Um, the agency I worked with was was very helpful and they did try to kind of help along the way too, as far as getting me somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. So fast forwarding a little bit, the baby was born, a healthy baby boy Mm -hmm. that I named Joshua Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, My father was in the delivery room with me throughout the entire entire process. Once he was born, the nurses um, would not allow me to hold him Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances. Of saying, you know, because you're choosing, then, then, you know, it's best if you did not mm-hmm. hold him. Nothing could have been further from the truth, right. honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, like for you at that moment, is um, that something you can still remember? Oh, I can still remember them taking him out and seeing the back of his head. I mean, I vividly remember that. Um, my father quickly walked out into the hallway and was able to touch him and pray over him. Yeah. But they wouldn't let him hold him either. So, um, that was agonizing is the word I guess that comes to mind with that. And, um, I just, I don't know, you know, you just kind of feel like you're stripped as the birth mother of, Mm -hmm. of any right you had to a child, you just delivered. Right. Um, and of course, being as young as I was too. Um, and I was angry. I was definitely angry by this. After he was born, um, somebody from the agency came in and that was when I, oh, there's the doggies. Yes. There. <laughs> that is where um, over here. <laughs> I, had to, I had to sign my, essentially my rights away. Um, I also wrote a letter to my son um, that I hoped he would get when he was older. And I also signed a paper that said if, um, he would choose to find me after the age of 18, they could get out, give out my name. So was that something that was offered through the adoption agency then, or was this something that you, you know, that's a really good question because I, I can't remember so long ago. I can't remember if it was actually something that they presented to me or if I asked if that was a possibility. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, there's definitely more in that piece later anyway. So then go home. Um, I know, I know my family meant well, but it's like from the minute I got home, it was like not talked about again, like ever. No, no, no. So, um, you know, I just remember probably three or four days after being home, sitting down at a family dinner and just wanting to stand up and scream. Does anyone, anybody want to talk about the baby I just gave away? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all those emotions of, you know, postpartum. I mean, yeah. you know, and being as young as I was, I mean, I was a child essentially. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so that was in, that was incredibly difficult. A couple of days after I got home, I did get a letter from the agency that said how happy the birth parents or the adoptive parents were sorry, and they would not stop smiling at each other and the baby. And I know that was sent to comfort me, but boy, did it do the exact opposite. I can imagine. Yeah. It threw me into a pretty, pretty dark place. Mm -hmm. And I kept that letter for a really long time, probably, I don't know, 10 years. And then I finally just tore it up and threw it away. Wow. So, um, I would say, you know, after that, obviously, because I really didn't get the therapy I needed, I had ongoing issues. I was afraid to go anywhere alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask my dad to wait up for me. I had certain triggers. Um, I had no idea how to have a healthy relationship with a male due to this and had several very unhealthy relationships. Yeah. Um, and to this day, I'll definitely experience night terrors occasionally. And things are definitely triggers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, let's throw into the equation, um, battled an eating disorder, which I know was directly related to the trauma and giving my son away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was shortly after that you struggled with the eating disorder? Yeah, it was probably probably six to eight months after that. Mm-hmm. Is there, yeah. do you feel like it was just trying to regain kind of a sense of control or what do you, I definitely think that's exactly what it was Mm -hmm. because my, my life just seemed to be spiraling out of control. And that was one thing I could control. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, you know, life goes on. Uh, met my husband eventually, um, who was incredibly patient with me and, you know, he knew what had happened. I told him what had happened and eventually we married and I kind of felt like my life was slowly healing and becoming somewhat normal. And, you know, my husband and I, why we talked about it initially throughout our marriage, it was never discussed again. And, you know, I, I look back on that and I think, you know, that was, that was a lot on me. I should have, you know, I was still so devastated by giving this child away and thought about him all the time. I think I should have to my husband expressed that. And I just never did. I just kept it in. So did he know about the? He did. He did. He, he did. I did not. You know, I would never start at a relationship. You know, I mean, that that's a pretty big piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted him to know the story of that. And yeah. But then we just, just after that, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to talk about it again because that's unpleasant. Yeah. Can I, can I go back a little bit? Um, Sure. Sure. You know, you, as you were pregnant, um, did you, you know, you were saying that there really wasn't a lot of support or therapy and obviously, you know, your family, they probably, again, didn't know what to do themselves. And I think a lot of times in families, you know, every family is imperfect. Um, and there's an eagle that is flying by my house. Super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, obviously every family is imperfect. And I think a lot of times, um, I think a lot of families just think it's best, you know, if we just don't talk about it, it's, you know, it's just, you know, and I, I, yes. And I, and I guess I should back up by saying I was the oldest. And so I had three much younger siblings, well, mm-hmm. a couple young, much younger siblings. And so, you this know, I think the first that, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm sorry, would you say? This was just like a f- obviously a first for them. Oh, correct. Like, so what I do, you do what? What and what do you do? I mean, what do yeah. you do? And like I said, I hold no ill will towards my parents because it's like, how do you handle a situation yeah. like this when you are trying to, you know, yeah. raise your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so did you yeah. end up getting therapy um, after you know you you had the baby? Then you you know were we're dealing with, um, eating disorder, just a lot of fear, um, night terrors. Was, was there a point, you know, even before getting married that you sought out therapy or had friends around you or, or did anybody come around to you or, or did you even share with many at that point? No, no, um, no therapy. No. Um, I mean, I had one good girlfriend that, um, I could talk to about it. Um, but everybody's uncomfortable about the topic, right? So you read the room with that. And when you're talking to somebody about this, it's uncomfortable. Not that they're not trying to be supportive. They simply have no idea what to say. Yeah. Right. right? And again, I mean, I just think as far as therapy, then as years go on, it's just like, well, clearly you've coped. Yeah. And you know, you're, fairly successful. You're, you have a great husband, you've got great mm-hmm. kids and it's like life seems <laughs> semi-normal mm-hmm. probably from the outside looking in. Um, should I have had? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just, I guess maybe I just didn't know how to go about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess like just kind of a little stop there, like for the woman who's listening in, who you know, maybe has walked through something similar, maybe recently, or 
what have you, like, what would you say to her about reaching out to others? Like, how would you, how would you? I, I absolutely wish that I would have Mm -hmm. um, pursued that a little bit more and gotten therapy back way back. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even in my, you know, as I go on, then I will talk about like, like I never got over it. Yeah. You know, every time his birthday rolled around, I was mm-hmm. in a dark place. Um, family vacations were triggers for me. I'd see my children playing in the sand and, you know, go, there should be a fourth, you know? Yeah. And so looking back at that, 100%, I mean, here now I can be so logical about it all at 61 years old and go, right. oh, you should have, you know, it's yeah. that whole coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? on ourselves either. It's... Yeah. You can look back, you know, with wisdom, give, give, yeah. um, you know, wise advice to other women who maybe have walked yeah. through this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, huge proponent of yes, going and talking to somebody and, and, you know, realizing too, that maybe that, that first person that you get with be a therapist, a counselor, it may not be your person that may not be the correct fit for you. Right. So keeping, keeping an open mind with that too, like don't shut that off just because that person you see you don't you don't jive with or whatever you know keep yeah. keep on it keep on it so you know yeah i'm 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 forever going to be damaged for sure um but you know as we know jesus is the healer yeah beauty from ashes right yeah yeah, and- yeah. You know, can I can I also ask another question? Sure. Um, you know, I'm thinking as as we're talking about like the people to reach out to. Um, I love your honesty. How you said you were mad at God. Um, yeah. I I've had times in my life. You know, I got saved when I was old. Was I 25? Immediately had two miscarriages, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> I yeah, thought right. this would be like Cinderella story. You know, I had this tainted view of what life would be like after I was saved. And like you, I was really mad. I was sad. I had all the emotions and, um, you know, outside of seeking out therapy or other people, what was your relationship? Like, were you, you know, in conversation with God about this, you know, because, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm walking through things, I don't tell people, I just tell God. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. What did that look like then? Well, I was mad at God and Mm -hmm. I was for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, for probably several years after I made some pretty poor life choices. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't turning to, to God like I should have. I, like I said, I was mad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't really, I can't really pinpoint the exact moment where I stopped being mad at God, because clearly that wasn't doing me any good, um, the way things were going. But I just, I I remember just stopping and just saying, all right, God, take it. Mm. I can't, I can't do this anymore by myself. I'm failing miserably. Yeah. Yeah. The the surrender in it. Right. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. Well, and we know, right? We know, we know as Christians, we're not promised a rose garden of this perfect life and everything's going to go our way, right? We know we are a broken world mm-hmm. and bad things are going to happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, here, you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of looping back on that a little bit. Sure. As well. 
Sure. Um, well, fast forward a little bit then, um, you know, I, of course I knew in my, I knew, knew his birth date, obviously. And we, when he turned 18, I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, he's going to call the agency. He's going to figure that piece out and I'm going to get a phone call. Mm. And throughout, throughout from the time I gave him up, my, my constant prayer was, please let him happy, please let him be healthy, and please let him be kind. Mm-hmm. And that was a prayer I would say over and over and over again. Yeah. So um, year 18 rolls around and nothing. And this went on for years and years and years and years with no. And so, you know, what's my mind saying? My mind is going, um, why would he want to find you? You're the one that gave him up. Mm-hmm. He probably hates you, probably has, wants to have nothing to do with you. Then another fear I would have would be, what if something bad has happened to him? Mm. You know, he's no longer living. Or the other fear I had is, what if he's a bad person? You really don't want to know him. Mm. So for years of doing that. So in 2017, I made the decision to spit in the tube and send in my DNA just to see. Total Hail Mary. Let's just see what's out there, what happens. Yeah. Okay. So So when you did that, were you doing that thinking that you might be able to find him? Oh, hundred percent. That's the only reason I did that it. That was the only reason. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and you know, I regret that I didn't, I didn't really share with my husband why I was doing it. Um, okay. you know, I was kind of like, Oh cool. You know, then I'll find out, you know, little bits yeah. of and, you know, right. Mm-hmm. So no, no, that was the sole reason. I, so, not that the other stuff wouldn't be interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So more years would go by mm-hmm. and nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. Then um, July 18th of 2022. So a short 18 months ago, something very wonderful and scary happened. Um, I had the app on my phone, Mm -hmm. um, and I would get notifications about like potential matches and things. And, you know, it'd be like possible third cousin, fourth cousin, whatever. And, you know, I really didn't think much about it. Yeah. So I, I clicked it saying, and it said I had a message. Hmm. And, you know, and I still, I'm still like, okay, you know, what's this? Yeah. And I opened this message to a very, <laughs> it was a very ill composed paragraph, essentially mm-hmm. asking, you know, if I could possibly be his birth mom. Um, what I would later learn is he was just so nervous about typing it, you know, that it just didn't, it just didn't come out right. Well, because yeah. of that, mm-hmm. and the picture was so very small, I couldn't even really make him out. I thought, oh, great. They they have scammers that are trying to, you know, get in and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I responded back. It did say, it did say this was a potential parent-child match. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I honestly still was thinking this is not this. Mm-hmm. Somebody's messing with me. In the back of your head, you're just like, eh, no. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. kind of annoyed, kind of like. Yeah. Like. Um. I responded. You are. (laughs) (laughs) I responded back. Yeah, I didn't think it could be true. And then a few minutes later, he responded back with this really nice message Mm -hmm. that basically said, I am so sorry to be bothering you or to bother you. Something like that was just like very nice. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm like, well, you know, if that's like a scammer, that's a pretty nice response back. Right. Very nice. So I'm like, okay. And so then I threw this out and I'm like, uh, where were you born and what's your birthday? 
Mm-hmm. And a few minutes later, it popped back mm-hmm. and he responded with all the correct information. Oh my goodness. Now, you, you imagine my heart is like beating out of my chest. Right. I can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget the exact, the absolute exact location on I 39 in Beloit where I was, southbound. Oh, wow. Etched in, my, etched in my brain, never will be. Um, I then took a minute and I responded back that I said, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. That's all you said. That's all I said. We need to talk first. Mm-hmm. That's all I said first. Mm-hmm. And then we pulled, my husband and I pulled off the exit to get gas. Now keep in mind, I'm not sharing any of this with him right now because I'm so freaked out. I don't even know what to do. And you're the and passenger, right? I'm, yeah, I'm the passenger. Thank goodness. I was passenger. <laughs> She's like, I can't even stay in my own lane right now. No, yes. No, thank goodness. I was a passenger. Yeah. Yeah. He pulled in <laughs> to get gas. And um, I looked at him and I just said, I think my son found me. Mm. And of course it took him like he, and, and he will, he will say that, you know, he suppressed it. I mean, he totally forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It took for a few minutes All to say. Years, he forgot about it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just, the look on his face was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. so wow. then um, I responded back to Wade again, which is his name. And I said, you know, we need to talk. And he threw out, this was on a Monday. See, I remember all these finite details of this. That's amazing. And he said, how about Wednesday? And I'm like, okay, well, of course, what do you think I did the entire trip home? What was I doing? On any every source of social media platform, looking I could find him. looking him up. Mm-hmm. I wanted pictures. Yeah. I wanted, you know, I and it it did not, I did not need to look past the first picture to know he was mine. Wow. At all. The family resemblance was just uncanny, honestly. Mm-hmm. Looking at him. Mm-hmm. Um the closer we the closer we got to home about a half hour before i got home and this is all this is done is done through messaging through the app okay okay and i honestly i just said i'm going to be home in a half hour is there any way you can talk tonight because i'm thinking i cannot wait two days there's no way yeah i wouldn't be able to either oh my gosh no, no. um and he did respond back that yes that that would be fine. And he must have said to me two or three different times, all I want from you is my medical information. And I have zero expectations of a relationship with you. Mm. And I remember thinking, well, okay, there we go. That's all he wants. Mm. So um, I get home and I send him a message and I say, I'm home. And he responds back that he was going to eat supper first. (laughs) Right? Let's just say it. Like, like a man, right? <laughs> Let's just say it. And I'm like, who I'm like, can, what? it's like, I have emotional diarrhea going on yeah. right now and yeah. you want to go eat your supper. <laughs> okay. Hey, let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Just let me know when you're good. <laughs> so oh, I, I do tease him about that. Um, anyway, uh, he, he then <laughs> let me know that he was ready to talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I called him. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I think he sent me his number and I called him and I was positively shaking. Mm. And the minute I heard his voice, I mm. thought to myself, oh, but there is no way this is going to just be exchange of medical information. 
Yeah. At least in, you know, information, at least in my book, because I mean, I was like, I'm like hook, line and sinker. My heart, a piece of my heart has been out there for so many years. Mm-hmm. And you're that piece to my heart. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't tell him that because that would have been probably scared him away. Right. 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 Um, he had me on speakerphone so his wife could be part of the conversation. Um, the hardest thing for me mm-hmm. was to tell him the circumstances surrounding it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard. Um, I even hesitated telling him that piece, but you know, I knew that that was a piece he deserved to know. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably were on the phone about 15 minutes, gave him whatever medical information I could provide for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got off the phone, but before we did, I wanted to so bad, I was sitting here thinking to I so badly, I wanted to say, I always loved you. I always will, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm like, oh, okay, Vic, pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> it is maybe, maybe a little, I mean, cause right. This is a lot for both of us to take in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Um, I mean, I learned that, uh, for the first six years of his life, he lived in a town 45 minutes from me. Um, yeah. And then moved to California and grew up there, um, and actually lives now back in the Midwest. So, um, still too far for me for my liking. He's about eight hours from me, but Hey, it's better than California, right? Exactly. So, um, a side note on why he never came looking for me. Mm-hmm. He tried numerous mm-hmm. times for wow. whatever reason, the agency lost or misplaced or whatever the letter I wrote him and the form I filled out indicating they could give my name out. Oh my gosh. And so for years he would try to, um, look for me. And he just, the doors would be shut on him. He'd get frustrated and he'd give up and he wouldn't do it for two or three more years. Then he would try again. And so, yeah, it's actually sad. I mean, he and I have both had a lot of anger to kind of work through Mm -hmm. um, with that, you know, because there's a lot of time, a lot of years we missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, How old is he now? He is 43. 43. So that's 25. Years? No, you know what? He's not. He's 44. See, I can't even. Yeah. So 26 years. Well, you you were reunited 25 years after he turned 18. Is that right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he was 40 to, 42 and a half years before I got to know him. Hmm. I mean. Frustrating. Now, you know, I, I've tried to reflect on that. And mm-hmm. kind of do the whole, you know, that could totally be God's timing. Yes. Yes. Like what, what would, would I emotionally or would he have emotionally been able to handle mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Years and years and years ago, you know, when I'm in the thick of raising my children mm-hmm. and, you know, he's high school, college age. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, yeah. So I've had, I have to kind of let that bitterness go a little bit Yes. of yeah. all the wasted years, you know, all the years I didn't get to have him and not look back and look forward. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of like Lot's wife. If you remember the story of Lot's wife, you know, she was, she, she kept looking back and yeah. um, I think that's, that's a key right there. A huge key 
for others yeah. that are listening in right now. Like, what would you say to that? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I try not to be, try not to be bitter about that. I guess I also, I kind of beat myself up a little bit because I asked myself a hundred times, why didn't I go looking for him then? Mm. But in my mind, it was, I was afraid of rejection because I had thought I had set everything up for him to find me if he wanted to. Right. And when he didn't, he was uninterested and I just didn't want to set myself up for that type of rejection. Mm. I quickly found out I was very wrong about that piece, but I didn't know that obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is just his God's grace to, to reunite you in this timing for now, for such a time as this. Remember I sent you that verse the other day. Yes. Yes. You did. Uh, Yeah. And, and for you to be able to share this testimony, not only with the gals who I was so privileged to be with at that retreat last summer, Um, but the way that you share this, um, you are such a mama, a beautiful mama, a powerful mom. I mean, to be able to walk through this, um, especially as a 16 year old, basically on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That is how many, how many women out there are walking through a lot of things on their own. I know right now. A lot of women feel really isolated and walking through some really hard things. And you've walked through so much. Yeah. And I know that you are such a pillar in your family, you know? Well, thank you. I, uh, I, I did a lot wrong too. You know, it, it, it's, Probably. it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, this is just so hard, so hard to nav- navigate. And, you know, even with, um, even with the whole, like, you know, this is wonderful what Wade and I have, and it's, it's amazing, but it's also our conversations obviously are not all puppies and rainbows. Our worlds collided and trying to figure out, you know, he's a grown man with a family and a life and Mm -hmm. me as well. And, and trying to figure out Mm -hmm. how we fit and piece together, you know, our life together now is an ongoing challenge. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. So, so I'll move on a little bit from that and kind of talk about, um, you know, he and I kind of jumped in with both feet and, um, I think that that was really, really hard for maybe our spouses and other family members to compute, to kind of be patient with. I mean, I, I will say for probably those first, oh gosh, I don't know, months, um, it was like all I could, I just want to talk to him all the time. Like, like almost wanting to catch up, right? Yeah. Like, okay, what sports did you play? Tell me about your birthdays. What did Christmas look like? You know, all of those things that I missed out on, I just would, like, poor guy, I was like hammering with questions. Tell me about your mom and dad. And, you know, speaking of his mom and dad, all of those prayers that I said for him couldn't have come true any better. He, Mm -hmm. he's an only child. He um, had a wonderful, has a, his father has since passed mother is still alive, but a wonderful family and his parents. I mean, the son rose and sat on his head and still does. I mean, and I could have not asked for an, any better scenario for him, which is so very comforting to me, but it's also very bittersweet. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like, 
like I'm jealous that someone else got to raise him and be with him and all of those things that moms like to do with their kids, you know, as thankful as I am that that turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's still a little hard for me. I can imagine, um, you know, I, I really want to kind of do a little stop on, on that prayer. I mean, as simple as that prayer. Right. Was, I mean, he heard your, he heard your cry and your prayer over him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, as a mama, as his birth mother, you imparted that and God breathed that over him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think the next thing that I had to, I had to, I, I had to physically see him. Mm-hmm. So this was about a month into us finding each other. Mm-hmm. I just, I said, I need to physically see you. Um, we had done, we had done FaceTime, like maybe, I don't know, once, one or two other times, but that's not the same, right? It's no. Like I had to hug him, man. I just needed to, I needed to hug him and hold him and just make sure that this wasn't like a dream. Yeah. Um, so we did make a arrangements to meet kind of halfway and, um, I felt very strongly, uh, right or wrong, indifferent. I mean, I don't know, I guess people can look at it a different way. I needed to do it alone. Yeah. Um, I know my husband was very nervous about me going alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not nervous. One iota, I couldn't wait. Wow. You had not um, even one bit of nerve about it. Oh, I mean, I was nervous in the fact that, um, you know, we had talked enough on the phone, like our conversations from the gate were just so natural. There was nothing awkward about when we would be on the phone together, like nothing. It was kind of just like it flowed. And so any nervousness I had, you know, was like, no, but, oh, but I get nervous. I'll tell, I'll fill you in on that. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So as we're driving to this destination, um, keeping each other updated of our ETA. I wanted to make sure I got there at least a half hour before he did, because I did not want us to have our meeting in the parking lot of a hotel or the lobby of a hotel. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get to my room and then he calls and he says it's about 10 minutes out. Well, that's when I started freaking out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause then I'm like, wow, this is like, real like I'm going to open that door and he's physically going to be standing there Mm. and so I'm kind of pacing and praying and Mm. called my sister and just kind of you know really um was very very nervous um and that knock came on that door and I don't think many people can fathom what I was feeling Mm. you know it still gives me goosebumps when I think about it and um, anybody that knows me knows me that sometimes I handle awkward situations with humor, which is at time, maybe at times inappropriate. But I finally opened that door to him. And I, I think I said something dumb, like, don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> you know, I know, dumb. <laughs> I think it's cute. <laughs> well, it's just like, what, you know, what do you say? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to meet you again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, thankfully he has very, very similar humor to me, which, which okay. makes it nice. So um, I just kind of, you know, grabbed him and I did not let go of him. It seemed like ages. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I couldn't cried 
I just could not believe that he was standing there in front of me. Mm. So, um, yeah. And then after that, I probably couldn't stop staring at him for, well, the entire time we were together. We, we had great conversations, um, lots of tears, um, but it was a wonderful evening Mm. and, um, yeah. And then we went to breakfast the next morning and, um, it just, I, I was just mind boggled at how similar we are, the characteristics, the humor, some of our OCD-ness, some of our ADD-ness. I mean, those things, it just was kind of crazy. I saw a lot of family resemblance also, um, you know, with my other kids and things. And so, yeah, um, it was great. It was a fantastic weekend, but when we went to say goodbye, I was a wreck. I was an absolute wreck. Um, so I've learned with myself when in regard to him, I almost have to have another date set to see him or I just, I kind of get really sad. Uh And I, and I, you know, and I, I can logically in my head talk through things, but then boy, your heart pulls you a different direction sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so when you guys do meet now, do you always have another date in mind then? It sometimes works out, sometimes not. Like right now we're in limbo date, which is hard for me. Um, And, you know, I want to back the story up a little bit and just say that when this first happened, um, my husband is great now and understands how important this is to me. And um, he and Wade get along very well. And it's, it's that piece for me is great. But this was a really, really lonely journey for me. I didn't really have anybody to talk to once we found each other other than him, you know, to talk through this. And so, you know, obviously since then, um, you know, I have good girlfriends that know him clearly I'm here talking with you and I've, I've (laughs) I'm opening up. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was a lonely, it was a lonely journey and our good friend Holly told me, um, she said, Vicki, you need to remember that you and Wade have, have written your third book, a trilogy, and you're on to your next series where your family members are in book one, chapter six. Oh, wow. I thought that was profound. Yes. Yeah. And what, I'm what like, and she, huh? what does that say to you? Um, she's, she's a hundred percent accurate. I, I need to be patient. Mm-hmm. I need to be patient on my family members. Patience is not a virtue of mine. I try really, really hard, but it's hard because what do I want, right? I want, I want my other children to um, embrace him as well. And um, to date, one out of the three has. Um, I, I know that a relationship cannot be forced. I know it has to happen organically. Yeah. Um, I know all those things in my head, mm-hmm. but my heart, mm-hmm. you know, is like, you know, let's all get on the same page here, people. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't it? Goodness. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, your kids. You have three kids and you uh-huh. said one of the three is on board. So like. What and I wouldn't say in one? regard to, and you know, I don't want to, you know, out of respect for them, I don't want to go into a lot of their personal sure. feelings. I, I, at no time do I, my son um, ha, is is on board with me having a relationship for sure with him. 
So I just think it's more of a, and they've, I I guess it's not quite been a year since we had them. Okay. Um, You know, and telling my son was probably the, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, right? I'm his mom. Okay. It's hard. Because your kids didn't know about any of what happened when you're younger. No. And you know what? That is, that is something that I've always, um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is to that. I mean, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at it. Like, you know, maybe I should have, as I got older, told them that this could be a possibility. Um, but then I thought if this is never going to happen, why would I put them through that? Sure. Yeah. And then the other side of me was like, you know, we will cross that bridge when we get there. Exactly. And I mean, we all take different pathways and we have to do what we feel is right. You know, what the Lord's showing us to do or, you know, what we can handle at the time. Um, Because what you've been through is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've told people that I am really good about laying my problems and fears down at the cross. Like I'm really good at that. Like, you know what, Lord, here you go. Take mm-hmm. it. But guess what I do a couple days, a couple weeks later, boy, I'm going to run right back there and I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something I continue, mm-hmm. you know, I continue to, to work on, mm-hmm. um, with knowing, like I said, I can talk through this in my head and mm-hmm. it can sound so logical. Mm-hmm. And then my heart, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, they just don't always match up. They don't, do they? And, and it's they it's our it's our flesh, right? I don't, oh, I don't know if you right. tend to be more analytical in nature. Um, do you feel like you might be kind of more of the analytical side? Oh, for sure. Yeah. When, and there's there's a journey in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I was, you know, if I look at my my DNA, I'm more analytical, and I've become kind of almost too <laughs> on the other side, not, not to say that that's a bad thing, but, you know, to just have just raw faith that makes no sense. It, there's a journey there, right? Right. Right. And it's, it, it all goes back to surrender. And like you said, dropping it off at the cross and leaving it there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many times I've picked up my stuff. Um, I had a friend prophesy over me years ago. She's like, Kristen, you're a burden bearer, aren't you? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> so yeah. she's going to be wearing a backpack and it was filled with rocks. And um, she drew a picture and, and it was actually a picture of me, a little stick figure with a backpack. And it was so heavy. Um, and I needed to actually like, she put an arrow to the cross and finally leave it there. Um, yeah. And for me, several things have been literally a daily surrender. Like it's mm-hmm. daily. And yeah. what I love for things to just, you know, be finally put there and not picked up again. Absolutely. And I know that they will, but um, right. I think for a lot of us who've been through trauma, including myself, like it's a, it's, it's a protective mechanism at times as well. Um, oh, hundred percent control things. And again, like grace, all the grace over you. I just am so proud of you. And I, you know, again, we just met last summer and we were at a retreat and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I just love this lady. Oh, thank <laughs> um, you. I think I'm, I'm partly, I don't know. I'm drawn to connect with people who've been through some really hard things because sure. not only is it unlocking the voice to share the story, because, you know, after I heard your, 
testimony, I, I never would have, you know, you look at somebody, you're like, I never would have guessed, you know? Well, you know, it's that, it's that saying that, you know, be kind to everyone. You don't know the battle people are, are people are enduring. And it's so true. Yeah. It is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when I sat down with, uh, several girlfriends to tell them this story, um, you know, they, I said, you can guess probably 2000 scenarios and you're never going to get this, guess this one, because, you know, Kristen, I'm not the person that goes to people for help. People come to me for help. Sure. Like they, I'm the sounding board for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's psychoanalyze that a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, I don't want to think about where I'm at. So let's let's I'm, talk yeah. about you. Yeah. You're like, uh, no, let's, yeah, let's turn it around. <laughs> right. Let's turn it around. Right. We're yeah. the, help, the helpers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, there have been some, you know, that the timing of this and just, you know, how my heart is healing and having him in my life. And like I said, it's not simple. You know, we're, we're trying to like, he's married with a family, you know, it's, you know, the other fabulous thing that came out of this is that I ha- have another granddaughter and she's beautiful and amazing. And I would say our connection was almost immediate and it's not a forced thing at all. It's a very normal, natural relationship, um, much like Wade and I have. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, that's an an incredible, another blessing, you know, that came, came out of this for me. So, well, if you look, if you look, you know, let's look back for a second and, um, you know, we can look back and, you know, at least for me at times, especially years ago before I was saved, it, it was a lot of like, oh, how, how can this happen to me? Like, oh, why me? You know, just a lot of um, self-deprecating thoughts. And um, I guess I would ask like, what, if you look back on the biggest blessing, you know, you're talking about the blessings and we can see the blessings through even the hardest of times. Like, what would you say to that? about all of what you've walked through? Um, well, I'm going to come at it, I guess, from a mom standpoint, probably the biggest blessing for me is knowing that he had the life he did. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably yeah. the mom part of me that, that you know, that, yes, I mean, I can't, again, begin to tell you how happy that is. Um, I mean, there's just so many blessings that have come out of this because, you know, I have him back and Mm-hmm. granddaughter and another daughter-in-law and you know there's so many blessings that way but I also feel that um a blessing coming out of this is this has given me a little bit of a voice that you know life isn't puppies and rainbows right and so if I can help one person you know get through whatever their journey is then I'm blessed that way Yes. Amen. I had to mute for a second because there was a fire truck that was passing my house and my dogs were howling. Okay. Okay. There we go. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, taking, taking what was so challenging and looking at it through the lenses of, of blessing is so important when she said, Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, the other, I guess I I've read practically every, they actually call it reunification, mm-hmm. not just reunion. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've read a lot of them and there are a lot of train wreck situations out there. 
So you've read a lot of other testimonies of other of other like um, birth mom and child getting back together. Okay. Right. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of scenarios out there that don't turn out nearly nearly mm-hmm. as as good as this one does. And so I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. for sure that that. But it but with that like I said, it's still hard. It's still hard to figure how are we going to figure all this out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Drop it at the cross. Yep. And we're, we're figuring it out. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a lot sometimes, but. Yeah. And, and um, is he also a believer too? He goes to church with his wife. Yes. And I've been able to talk to him. He is, he's well aware how Jesus has definitely yeah. worked in my life. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I am just so thankful that you, I like to say, women who come on here are brave voice who set others free. Um, and as I mentioned to you, you know, before the show, I, I do this for the one who will listen. Yeah. Uh, as you're thinking about the one who's listening in today, um, what mm-hmm. would you say to her and would you be open to just praying over her today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, should we pray now? Yeah. Okay. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for your redemption and for your love. I pray for that one woman or several who may have a similar story or carrying a heavy load. May your words of truth rain down upon them in their hearts. We thank you for your redemption in so many of our stories. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I'm... Oh, your voice, my friend, um, it carries. So keep, keep sharing as you're led. Um, you. I can't wait to see everything he does in and through you just continuing on this, this yeah. journey. Um, yeah. I like to call it weight training, W-A-I-T training. Okay. Um, I, you, you mentioned the patience piece. Um, uh-huh. There, you know, we go to the gym, right? <laughs> it's right. like the weight training, it's resistance. There's resistance training that right. strengthens our muscles. And he kept showing me that there's there's a process to the weight and it's very hard. Let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, just wanting to speak that over you and to other women Thank who you. are waiting for something. I have something I've been waiting for for 20 years. Hang on to hope. Um, and with that, like that's part of Hope Unlocked. Mm-hmm. Close with our anchoring verse. It is may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Just love that word, abound. And that is Romans 15, 13. So thank you again, Vicki, for thank you being on today and sharing your redemptive story with us. Thank you. I will be yeah. back on next week. <laughs> thank all you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.